Welcome to the Fantasy NASCAR Podcast, episode 509. We're looking at Xfinity pricing for Las Vegas, and we'll do some early picks. It might be too early because this week we have a Friday practice. That means you have Friday night, Saturday morning, a little bit of time in Saturday afternoon to take that practice information that you watch with your eyeballs, but also looking at the lap-by-lap data, which you can get by going to racefortheprize.com, clicking on the red Brandon Cruz DFS button and signing up at the Patreon account, patreon.com slash DFS. That's patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS, 40 bucks for this month, and you can get tons of data, resources, tools, research to get that. So look at that, and that's going to change some, but it may not need to change all of your picks. It shouldn't change all of your analysis. A lot of times, it's good to trust your guts, your instincts, and that's what this podcast will be. We don't have practice data yet, but where do we stand before practice? What is our understanding of these drivers? What do we know about them at Las Vegas? What do we know about them coming out of Fontana? Where do we think they are? And mainly, where do we think they are based on their price? Are they undervalued? Are they overvalued? That's going to change in practice. It's going to change in qualifying. Where I am right now with my picks is definitely going to change. But I don't want it to completely swing me in one way or the other. Now, in the Xfinity series, sometimes it's okay to chase place differential like a madman. Sometimes it's not. But... Where do we stand today? Where will we stand then? I don't know. Maybe it'll be another video. I know Cruz at his channel, which you can get to by going to raceforthepriz.com, clicking on the live show link. We'll get you to that. Go there. Go there, go there, go there. So where are we? Ty Gibbs, $11,000. Woo! Seems pretty high, doesn't it? $11,000. Didn't look great last week. JGR, as a team, as a whole, didn't look good. They had fifth place race cars. I mean, you know, they made mistakes too. Did about everything wrong. Uh, Brandon Jones wrecked a bazillion times. Uh, Trevor Bain was great out front. And if you put Ty Gibbs out front, he will probably be great out front at Las Vegas. But in traffic, those cars did not handle well. The drivers did not execute. They weren't that great on pit road. $11,000, that's a high ask for Ty Gibbs. Yes, he won four races last year. Yes, nine um, uh, top fives. Checks all those boxes. But, you know, we don't want to let a one race sample size completely change who we think he was because going into Fontana, we were much more bullish on Ty Gibbs. After that, you don't want to say, well, I'm done with the kid. No, but we need to see in practice that these JGR cars have addressed some of their issues. I want to see something more. I'm not going to have a problem playing them, but $11,000, I don't know if I were pricing that he should be the highest priced driver. I wouldn't put him there. Greg's in 10,800 in his hometown race. Look at these top fives. Always been good here. This has a high group up against the wall where you can run really fast. I will expect Gregson will be up there. Gregson is a contender to win this race. Gregson looked good last week. Uh, Yeah, I would rather play Noah Gregson than Ty Gibbs. Just to remind you guys, I have a Las Vegas podcast from the Xfinity Series. You can check that out if you have access to the stuff one of the stuffs that is included when you pay the 40 bucks a month is the notes. And you can go through those notes and you'll find out that, oh, by the way, one, two, and three were the finishes of junior motorsports. And that wasn't a fluke. The three best cars were junior motorsports. I believe Sam Mayer, I have to go back through it, had a really fast race car, but suffered the typical Sam Mayer letdown, if I remember, that he experienced last year, which seems to be in the rearview mirror. Sam Mayer looks like he's on the up and up. What did he do last year? He finished 34th either mechanical failure or a wreck. The talent's there for the 18-year-old. He's only 18. That's right, 16 when he was in the truck series. I like Gregson. I like Algar as as well. Algar probably should have 
probably should have finished better last week. Uh, just too many restarts at the end. It got a little too aggressive, which is crazy. Like, how did it get too aggressive for Allgaier? Too many restarts should be good for Allgaier. He's one of the best restarters there is. But the tires were worn out. There was a little bit too much pushing and shoving. He was giving, he was taking a little bit more than he was giving, which isn't true. Allgaier, and he was taking from his teammates. I'm not really worried about it. He seems on top of his game as always. Um, Jason Burdett seems like he's setting up fast race cars. He is fine. I like Algar. I like Gregson. Um, you want to see what they do in practice. This is something that you're going to have to wrestle with if they're starting in the same position, if their practice times look the same. But Junior Motorsports brought fast cars at practice last week. They had fast cars in the race. They were really fast at Las Vegas. I expect big things from Junior Motorsports this year. I mean, it's a one small, one race sample size, but they look a lot better than Gibbs to, to start out. And one of the things, now obviously losing Dave Ellens, Noah Gregson's crew chief, to the Cup Series with Eric Jones now. Boy, did Dave Ellens and Eric Jones really look good at Fontana. Wow. Was Noah Gregson holding Dave Ellens back? I don't know. Dave Ellens has a really good career history with Jimmy Johnson and William Byron in the Xfinity Series, Tyler Reddick in the Xfinity Series. Pretty good. He gets the Gregson and his thermometer drops. I don't know. His, his, his career trajectory drops a little bit. Now he's back in the groove with Eric Jones. Either way, Junior Motorsports looks good, but they have continuity. They've had the same drivers, had the same team in place. JGR is not only changing drivers every sing single season and doing a lot more pay to play and getting less input from Cup Series drivers coming down, which is a huge benefit that we often overlook. When those Cup Series guys come down, they can really evaluate where the race cars are. You know, Riley Herbst, when he's at JGR, can't really communicate what these cars are supposed to do. But when Kyle Busch gets in an Xfinity car, he can tell him, this is what you're doing right, this is what you're doing wrong. When Denny Hamlin is driving often with him, when whoever it is in JGR steps down, can help evaluate and provide data that makes these cars better. They're not getting a lot of that anymore. And then on top of that, they're getting new JGR drivers every single week. Uh, doing a lot more pay to play. And then they've been playing musical chairs with crew chiefs the last couple of seasons. So I know it's early and it's a one race sample size, but if you wanted to find some points that were backing up, maybe why Junior Motorsports is going upward and JGR maybe on the decline, at least just for the beginning part of the season, those would be some good reasons. AJ Allmendinger, I, the colored cars look fine and they're in clean air. They can be hogs, which are fast laps and laps led points. This is how you score those big time points. Almendinger, some people say dominator, don't say dominator, say hog. He can be a hog and get a lot of laps led and accumulate fast laps if he's out front. And he won this race last season, but that was mainly because of a choke job by Daniel Hemrick on the final restart. Big surprise, 212 races, one win. 212 races, one win? Wow. But Daniel Henry choke, A.J. Armendinger won. In clean air, he can be a hog, but in traffic, the colored cars just aren't that great. Now, Daniel Henry did get a lot out of this colored car last week. I will say that. And speaking of Daniel Henry. Speaking of Hemrick, 9,900, I'm not really crazy about him either, but he was getting a lot out of that race car. One of my big concerns is that he and spotter Brett Griffin are maniacs, and there is a fast groove up near the wall. I mean, we saw him get into fights and wreck with Ty Gibbs. We've seen Hemrick be aggressive in the past. It's just bad news. I worry. Um, I'm not going to completely write him off. There's going to be times where you have to roster him, but given these guys, I would rather have Gregson. I'd rather have Al Geyer. It's kind of a wash with him and Almondinger. 
really the only time I want to play these guys right now is if they're starting on the pole and I feel like they're going to get a bunch of baked in points. But at this time, like I mentioned in a previous podcast, with these pit crews being as spotty as they are, I don't believe that anyone is going to consistently hold the lead and run away with the race. So you give me Hemrick and Elmendinger on the pole, and we don't have a competition caution anymore. So, hey, he can lead off stage one. Yeah, but if there's pit stops, usually they don't need to pit stop in stage one. Even if he leads all of stage one, is that going to be enough? Yeah, I could probably if he's on the pole. But again, a reminder, I think we're going to have a lot of three-hog lineups because of the uncertainty and volatility on pit road. And we're going to see musical chairs up front and everyone getting an opportunity to lead laps, everyone getting an opportunity to run fast laps. I think it's going to be very rare. I mean, especially in this Las Vegas race, I do not think that, one, that any of these drivers are capable of dominating the race. Two, I don't think any of this equipment is that much better than anyone else in the race. Three, you've got the pit road issues. That all sets it up for at least two drivers are going to lead laps and run fast laps. I would suspect that we're going to get three of them that rise to the top, score enough fast lap points, score enough laps led points, get the top five finish, and end up in the optimal lineup. Three hogs. Brandon Jones, you know the story with Jones. You just can't trust the guy, and as soon as you give up on him, he wins a race. Or, you know, he this, the best thing to know about Brandon Jones is he is incapable of passing for the lead. He just doesn't have that extra gear. He just doesn't have that personality that's willing to be push and aggressive and take the lead. Now, you give him a spot on the front row, he can hold the lead sometimes. You give him a spot on the front row on the pole, he can lead all stage one. But other than that, it is hard to count. Like, yes, last week he drove through passing slower cars, but you put him in the top five, he's not going to dice it up unless he has a tire advantage like he did in that into stage two at Fontana. On equal tires, he's not passing a bunch of the top tier cars. He can get up there. It's good equipment, plenty of experience, hard to count on him to be a hog. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek in this hunt car. The hunt cars have looked good. Last week, the Sam Hunt racing car, was pretty good for Jeffrey Earnhardt. The 15th place car dealt with mechanical issues, overheating issues, but that was more of getting debris on the car. They felt faced a lot of adversity, ended up not getting a good finish. But my biggest takeaway so far, and we can go back to 2021 and 2020 as they had developed this Toyota that's slightly quasi-aligned with um, JGR. I would imagine it's part of TRD. If John Hunter Nemechek is going to jump into this car, may not be the strongest, closest connection, but... For my eyes, the same hunt car is fast, and we know that Nemechek's going to get a lot out of it. Will he be a race winner? No, but he's priced in a way that it might work, especially if he has an unconventional strategy. We saw Ty Dillon at Las Vegas, was at Las Vegas last season, be unconventional with the pit strategy, staying out, and Ty Dillon was able to lead laps and earn fast laps and still hang on to the top five. If, if uh, we see John Hunter Nemechek, employ that same strategy. I mean, look, we saw Alfredo be unconventional last week for our motorsports. That could be a popular play if pit road is crazy and we're getting a lot of wrecks in the Xfinity Series, especially at the beginning of the season. Now is the time to take chances. Now is the time for these teams to gamble. And so you should be aware of that. And you might need to play some of the guys that you really aren't that excited about, that aren't as sexy and interesting, or well, maybe they are interesting and sexy, but they're absolutely high risk. And no one is more high risk than Nemo. 
Landon Castle. So uh, he turned into a fireball last week. This is not a good sign. Hopefully that doesn't happen again. We'll see what happens. You know, this is what we were all fearing. He finally gets a good ride, and and it just, just like, you know, what did we say when he got to JD Motorsports? Hey, this is the best ride he's ever had, and how did that work out? And here we are again, doomed to repeat the same failures over and over and over. Hey, this is the best ride he's ever had. He turned into a fireball last week, a marshmallow. Luckily, he's alive. Riley Herbst, boy, he was just a 10th place car at best last week. Ugh. Yuck, yuck. Uh, and that was a racetrack where he'd had success before. That was a racetrack where Stuart Haas Racing, Haas Racing, 98, Fred Biaggi, whatever you want to call it, had experience. I mean, when Chase Briscoe was in that car in 2020, the last time they were at Fontana, similar setups, he had the fastest race car. Now, a lot of that probably was because it's a giant dirt track. It's a giant dirt track. And we've seen that. Now that you can step back, I was saying it all week. I was saying it over and over. Now you can step back and look and say, oh, yeah. Kyle Larson looked pretty good. Tyler Reddick looked pretty good. These dryer, and they all said it over and over. It's a giant dirt track. So reason why that 98 car was so fast in the 2020 Fontana race, probably a lot to do with Chase Briscoe. So Herps, yuck. Mayor. I like Mayor. I, I do, I think, you know, finished, finished sixth. I think it was high as fourth towards the end of that race. It looks like he is coming on. He's not ready to challenge for the win. He's not ready to lead a bunch of laps or fast laps, but we have seen him run well in the truck series. I mean, he won at Bristol. That's impressive. He's 17 years old, winning at Bristol in the truck series. Kudos to him. The talent's there. The car is there. Everything you need is there. Don't know if he's going to score, but at his price, you don't really need him to do that yet. Ryan Truex jumping in the JGR car. Ryan Truex won't go away, which is fine. I don't have any problems with Ryan Truex. This is probably the best ride he's ever been given. Hopefully this works out, but deja vu. Doesn't this feel like even to a lower degree or a lesser extent, not even as good as Ty Dillon in the JGR car? How did that work last year? Well, that was, you know, he had mistakes and whatever. Look, why can't that happen with Brian Truex? Hasn't that plagued his career? Hasn't he had plenty of mistakes? Does this feel any different? It's a very affordable JGR car. Let's see where it qualifies. Let's see where he practices. Let's see what he says about it. But again, let's step back and remember, what did we say at the beginning of this podcast 509 that the JGR cars have struggled this season? It's a one-race sample size. You're right. It is a one-race sample size. Cool it. Pump the brakes. But... We know that they weren't quite at their best last week. Now, here is race two, basically, for all intents and purposes. You got another driver jumping in. You would really like, I mean, I know that you don't get to run the race over and over and over with Bane every single week, but it doesn't help when, all right, see you, Trevor. All right, come on in, Ryan. That's not good for development of these cars and improving the speed of these cars when you're changing every single week. It can work when it is a seasoned veteran like Kyle Busch jumping in the cars every week or Denny Hamlin jumping in these cars or whichever. But when it's these guys, it's not really giving you the feedback. And he got a short practice as well. No bueno. Sheldon Creed looked good at times. Sheldon Creed looked like a mess at times. But that's Sheldon Creed. If you've been watching Sheldon Creed in the truck series for the last several years, sometimes the old, you know, stadium supermodel truck racer, whatever it's called, super trucks, looks like Superman. Other times, he is an absolute train wreck. 
that's not going to change. That's his style. Maybe he balances it out at some point, but actually, I don't even really care. Keep being a wild man. He is a GPP play. It's an RCR car. He might have a down. I don't think you're ever going to see him really over the first couple weeks, him or Austin Hill, running hot laps in practice. They're mainly just trying to get used to for the first time. Now, Austin Hill has some experience running low downforce, higher horsepower Xfinity cars from his part-time work with Hattori, but not a lot. For the most part, these guys have been in those trucks, which have heavy downforce and not as much horsepower. So practice laps are going to be just that. Practice, get used to it, get acclimated, and you're never going to see Creed be really fast in practice. But don't let that scare you away and say, well, I can't trust these RCR cars. The RCR cars should be fast. They would not be fielding two teams in the Xfinity Series and committing to the series and these drivers if they weren't going to bring fast race cars. If they weren't really committed to this series and were just kind of going through the motions, then we would have seen what they've done in 2020, 2021, where they're basically ripping out their equipment to pay for play drivers. This is two full-time drivers for the full season. They are committed to this program this year. Creed and Hill will get better as the season goes on. It might be a little too early, but if you nail them early, you're going to win a GVP. If you wait too late, obviously you don't win. So there they are, both priced maybe too high too low we don't really know at this point based on talent we know these guys can drive the price is too low based on equipment we know the price is too low but they do lack an experience and so that price is right based on experience mike snyder jordan anderson car has been fine jordan anderson car impressed me last week snyder had got up to around 15th place before he had an issue but man it's just it's always one thing after another i'm not really interested in the jordan anderson car the hour cars look good. Brett Moffitt had an issue late in the race, but Brett Moffitt was a top 10 car. Anthony Alfredo was a 20th place car. The secondary and tertiary hour motorsports cars do not interest me. But as I said in the Fontana Xfinity podcast recap, if you listen to that, you got to open the door to the possibility of playing Alfredo. Is he a good driver? Probably not. Does he have great equipment in the secondary, tertiary, hour motorsports car? Probably not. But pit road, wrecks, chaos, hanging on the lead lap, getting wave arounds, being unconventional with strategy, taking chances. Not the greatest field of drivers. Alfredo's going to be a play. I don't like the car. I don't like the driver. But is Alfredo just good enough? Probably. Is equipment just good enough? Yeah. Are they willing to do stupid uh, galaxy brain stuff to win races? Absolutely. And it almost worked. And they got into the optimal lineup. So I would love to scratch off Anthony Alfredo at $7,800, but you can't do it. You can't. You don't like his equipment? I'm sorry. We could get 30 cautions in the final stage, even though last year went completely green in the fall race. Spring race, you have several cautions. I think we'll... You know, fall race, everyone has experience, everyone's in the groove, everyone's familiar with the racing. Spring race, we're out of the gate, a lot of newbies, a lot of new teams, not a lot of experience, more uncertainty, more gambles, no one is familiar with the guys they're driving around, who gives, who takes. I would expect if I had to, which one's going to have more cautions in stage three? It's obviously going to be the spring race. And if we get more cautions in stage three, then the Alfredo play is alive and well. I like Brown much more. Obviously, we've got to see where qualifying practice shakes out, but more experience, 
better car. I mean, he can benefit from the same things as Anthony Alfredo, and he can also take risks and chances just like Anthony Alfredo. Might not go as complete galaxy brain, but talent-wise, I like Brown. Equipment-wise, I like Brown. Uh, we'll see, though. Maybe this our sports cars are better, but that car was a slug last week. Watch the Fontana recap video, and you'll see that Alfredo was not good in that race. And then you got the other um, car from our motorsports. I cannot believe they have three cars. Tommy Joe Martins, Kaz Grala. I think I talked about this last week. Uh, they did not have a very good car. The Ryan Sieg 7200, that's underpriced. Sieg's cars were better than our cars, were better than Brown's car, was better than Martin's car. This is not correct. That's someone that interests me. I mean, I like all these guys. I like Brown, Alfredo to a lesser extent. I've explained that. Burton to a low, even a little bit lower than that. Um, and then I don't like Grala. I don't think that they ran very good laps at all last week. Speed just wasn't there. And then you look at Tommy Joe Martin's second car, which there's another like, Alpha Prime way you have two cars. You barely can build one fast race car. Now you're going to try to build two. Big surprise. Tommy Joe Martin's second car couldn't get above 7,000 RPM, and he was a slug. And so as they spend all week trying to fix Tommy Joe Martin's car, guess what's going to happen to Kaz Grala's car? It's going to become even weaker. So, you know, just one problem or issue compounds, and we've seen this happen to Xfinity teams in the past. We've seen this specifically happen to Tommy Joe Martin's teams in the past. One issue, and you spend all week finishing that issue, fixing that issue, and then you can't address your other needs or your other issues. And so then they go wrong, and you spend time fixing that, and it's just you can't plug all the holes in the sinking ship, and the whole thing spirals out of control. And here it is. It's already happening. I'm not interested in Casgrala. I like Sieg at that price. Clements is fine. I believe, did he have an issue late in the race? No, he did not. Yeah, I think he did. No, he had an issue early in the race at Fontana. And they rebounded, and he finished 17th, which is okay. Um, he finished 19th, ran seven, no, finished 17th, ran 19th, but he had an issue early in the race. It's really not that great. Josh Williams is still being priced like he is with Mario Gosselin. He is not with Mario Gosselin. He's taken a step down to B.J. McLeod. And even with B.J. McLeod, it looks like he is in the, the weakest of the B.J. McLeod cars. He still got a decent finish, but he ran 31st. Ran 31st, finished 21st because of the carnage at the end of the race. But Josh Williams did not run well last week. 6,800 is too much. J.J. Yaley, 6,600 is too much for a car long car. Ryan Ellis in that second Tommy Joe Martin's car, 6,500. They're going to want to put together a good car for Ryan Ellis. I believe he's putting money into this program or getting sponsorship. But that doesn't change the fact that, hey, the car's just not ready. It's not where it needs to be. Alex LeBay at 6,300 for Mark Gosselin. Boy, he just has not lived up to our DFS hype. He's a fine race car driver. Just doesn't have the resources. Kyle C looked okay last week. Let's not overreact to a good finish, which was 18th. His average running position, though, was 25th. That's pretty good. As I said in the previous podcast, it's great that he finished the race. Okay. Hey, it's great and didn't wreck or have a mechanical failure, especially given they had mechanical failure in qualifying. So it was great that they were just running at the finish, R-A-F. Now, they also got a lead lap finish, L-L-F. So not only were they running, but they were on the lead lap. And not only were they on the lead lap, they got a top 20 because he had an average driver rating of 25th. 
So he was running up to where he needed to be. That is impressive. And I think Kyle Sieg is growing. He's got plenty of ARCA experience now. But more importantly, these Sieg cars look pretty good. Now, it's a one-race sample size. But we've seen this from Sieg before in previous seasons, where they have a lot of speed at the beginning of the year, and they kind of tail off. And hey, guess what? This is also like not just some... Uh, start and park operation. They're not just selling a ride to a random player or team. This is his freaking son. So obviously they're going to try to give Kyle Seek pretty good equipment, at least at the very beginning of the season, right? A pay-to-pay play driver, a start and parker, a guy running half the miles in the race to qualify for the bonus at the end of the season. They're not going to get the best car that they can possibly build. They're going to get a good enough car most of the time. You know, and we've seen that from RSS in the past. Start parks or, hey, get to the halfway mark. Let's accumulate the laps so that we can cash the bonus at the end of the season. And if that's the case, then we don't really need to invest all of our money into this Las Vegas race. Well, this is your son. So maybe like I don't think they're going to mortgage or reverse mortgage or do a second mortgage or sell the beach house. But they're going to put a little bit more time and effort into the car. And that was I think that is indicative of what we saw at Fontana. You did it, it today. Uh, Jade Buford. Uh, I, it's Buford, not Buford, as I don't know why Craig says that. It drives me crazy. They look good. They finished 37th last week, but the rating rank was 17th. This car was in the top 15 until he got spun out and wrecked. Ryan Vargas, 5,800. Uh, Buford, I like that play a lot. I like Kyle Sieg a lot. Ryan Vargas, just not a very good race car driver. Um, sometimes he overperforms. If he's starting absolutely in the back, and he takes care of his car, maybe, but he did not look good last week. Bailey Curry is a better driver, and he should be priced much higher. Give me Bailey Curry every single week. It didn't work out for Bailey Curry last week because he, I think he blew a tire. So he blew a tire, and then either as the tire blew or when he was getting the tire fixed, they knocked out an oil line. He lost a bunch of laps. That happens. Now, better driver, yes. I think this equipment's a little bit better. So Bailey Curry, uh, easily. I mean, you go back and I think last year he got a top 20 in his final three intermediate track races for JD Motorsports. Yes, I like Bailey Curry a lot as well. Stephen Parsons looked good. Did not get to finish because he wrecked into Sheldon Creed late in the race last week. But the BJ McLeod cars, which are former junior motorsports cars, looked good. Matt Mills looked good in practice. Kind of a letdown in the race. Stephen Parsons ran well in practice, was really good in the race. Unfortunately, didn't get the result that he needed. Josh Williams, probably the most disappointing of all in practice and in the race, but he got the best finish. So go figure. Hey, it's the way it goes. You got to leave the door open to a lot of these guys. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. It's racing. This isn't stick and ball sports where you build a 20-point lead in the first half, you're going to win the game. You know, you're up seven runs. You're probably safe. Well, that doesn't matter in racing. Oh, you've looked good all day. I'm sorry. Your tire's going down. Guess what? You were running in the top 10. You finished DNF. It's just the way it is. You guys are used to it by now. And Kyle Weatherman, 5,500, Mario Gosselin, definitely a step up. We're going to expect things this season. You saw him get a, what, 20th place? Where did he finish? 16th. Uh, I'm more happy with the average running position of 22nd. When you put him in a Mike Harmon car, sometimes he got a top 20, sometimes he got a top 25, but his average rating or his average position was typically somewhere from 25th to 30th. This is a clear equipment upgrade from Mike Harmon to Mario Gosselin. Now, Mario Gosselin is not really putting together the best race cars. A couple years ago, Gosselin had better cars, but these cars are still better than Harmon. You're going to see his improvement a little bit. Um, and if he's smart through attrition, you can see Weatherman has some really good races. I like Parsons more. I like Curry more. Weatherman is fine. 
Joey Gase, car looked fine last week. Ish. Now the rating rate, not good. Got a good finish. What I, so it's, uh, I mean, it's not good. It's not a fast race car. But Gase has a ton of experience. Gase has a ton of experience in the Xfinity Series. Gase has a ton of experience running inferior weak equipment. What I like about Gase in this equipment is that his approach, especially since it's his team, is going to be very conservative. And he's just going to try to finish races. And that's what he did at Fontana. He's running at the finish. He finished on the lead lap. That's what you want from him, especially if his car is really slow. That means he's going to be starting in the back on most weeks. And his approach during these races is, I just need to take care of my equipment. It's my equipment. I know what to do. I know I've been around for years running these weak cars. I He knows exactly what he is doing. He's not trying to run and be a wild man. He's going to be slow and steady. Not necessarily wins the race, but scores points and helps him win money. So kind of like Gase a lot. It's very... And it's an overreaction of one race. And it's one race where he did not run well. But we don't really want him to run well. We're not asking him to run well. What we're asking him is don't have a failure. Don't push your car so that it fails. And don't wreck. Don't really race with anybody. Just hang in there. Move forward. Five, ten place differential spots. And get me that safe value punt every single week. And, I mean, for my money, if I had to guess... We might be able to get this for the first couple weeks, but if he starts consistently hitting, starting in the back, which I would expect him to do with a very slow race car, if he keeps starting in the back and then just slowly working his way up to the front because everyone else is wrecking and spinning and racing like a madman. Stephen Parsons is out there racing. That's scary. Sure, that can work in a GPP, and he can go really high, but he's going to wreck a lot. Bailey Curry is racing for his life. He's going to get into wrecks. Kyle Weatherman, now on another team. How many more teams are there? How many more opportunities are there? He's usually pretty safe and conservative, but now you give him a little bit more power, and now he's running out of chances. He's going to push. Vargas is going to push. You know who's not going to push? Joey Gase. This is his team. He has no incentive whatsoever to push. His incentive is kind of like what we saw from Tommy Joe Martins in the past, where, all right, it's my team. I just need to go out and get slow and steady races. But Tommy Joe Martins also had better race cars, so he's qualifying towards the front, so he really couldn't play him. Why don't you got Gase, not a fast race car. It's just going to be a turtle out there through attrition, through survival. And through the first three or four, five, six, seven races, you're going to see him start in the back, be cheap, and he's going to move up and be a consistent value play as long as that car finishes. Well, finished last week. I guess it's going to finish again this week. Fingers crossed. I mean, I feel much more confident and safer doing this than taking those Mike Harmon cars in the back, which we would do in the past. So I think this Gase play is going to be interesting. So if you hung on this long and are listening to the Fantasy NASCAR podcast, thank you. I hope this Gase information is going to help you this week at Las Vegas. Like, subscribe, share the videos. Please make sure you're following on Spotify, Amazon, Apple. I don't listen to the podcast. I just watch the video. Yeah, but if you just click on your phone and subscribe to it once and never pick it back up again, it helps with the algorithm. Positive and positive energy, positive vibes. Come on, everybody. Think happy hearts and good things will happen. I will be the most viewed fantasy NASCAR analyst and I will be a top selling Amazon author. Positive. Come on, man. Start believing in it and it's going to happen. Uh, Joe Graff. Yikes. Uh, but look, when he got in that good car, he was fast. His Bobby Dodder car should be fast anyway. Um, you put him in a race, maybe he just can't run a qualifying lap. I don't know. When he was out there, he didn't have any problems. Got a 15th place finish, average running position of 23rd when he was in a Ryan Seed car that he rented. We'll see what happens. He's definitely going to be on the board. Matt Mills is going to be on the board again. This is better equipment than he's had in the past, but we might want to just double check, okay? 
he still finished 23rd. Matt Mills typically would finish 29th and would run a little bit worse off than that. Still was a disappointing day. I think Matt Mills could have been better. I was much more higher on Matt Mills. Let's see what happens practice goes. Um, but if everybody else is going to bail on Matt Mills because he was disappointing last week and go with these other value plays, which are good, then maybe I'm right back on Matt Mills. Mason Massey, also going to push probably a little too hard at times. I would much rather take the safe gaze. And I'm not crazy about the Gosson cars. You don't need to play a Wooji. Mike Harmon car is, I don't even know if that thing's alive anymore. That thing was dead last week. It's a disaster. And they're out on the West Coast. So how are they going to make that car better? They're not going to qualify for the race. Stan Mullis, probably not going to qualify for Carl Long. CJ McLaughlin is going to jump into a Ryan Seed car. He's at the bare minimum. I'm really interested in that. I have no idea why David Starr in the 08 car. Is, now, this is not going to be the same car that Cole Custer as far as I know, we could look at the chassis and the engine. It might be, right? It might be because they're out on the West Coast. So, yeah, the odds are this probably is the same car that Cole Custer took to the win last week. Holy Lord, it probably is. <laughs> what in the world? Oh, my God, there's too much value. Yeah. I know they're not going to have all the resources. The pit crew's probably going to be different. I don't know if Joe Williams, the same crew chief, not even really a great crew chief. I'm not sure what Greenlight is going to do. I'm not sure how tight this alliance, racing alliance is. But even if I'm just kind of, it seems like it's going to be the same car. And to see the race winning car from last week now be the lowest priced car with a driver who has plenty of experience. What is happening? Is this is quite possible? If that's the, this is quite possibly the biggest pricing error at DraftKings ever. Pause for dramatic effect. The biggest pricing error ever in daily fantasy NASCAR history. David Starr at forty five hundred dollars for SS Green Light Racing. This is the car that won last week with Cole Custer and was like, now he ain't Cole Custer and he's probably not going to have the resources, but even if he has half the resources, this is a top 20 car at the bare minimum. I like it, man. There's too much value. Uh, I can't wait to hear Cruz go on and on. There's too much value. There's too much to talk about. It's too much to dive into. I'm excited. You're excited. We're all excited. And since you got that positivity and you're excited and with love and life, please subscribe to the channel, like it, share this video right now. Hit that share button. Hit that share button. Hit that share button. Retweet. Follow me on Twitter at Race for the Prize. Check out my free articles at DK Nation. Go to RaceForThePrize.com and click on the red button and go to patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS. Am I helping you? I hope I'm helping you. This information has got to be useful to you so much. I'm going to just release this now. I'm not even going to schedule it at all. I'm just going to release this podcast now ahead of 508. Why not? Because you deserve it. Patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS. If you think I deserve it, you go to that website, patreon.com slash Brandon Cruz DFS, and you sign up 40 bucks. And if you don't like it, then just cancel and never pay again. But if you like it and you think this information is useful and you appreciate the content that I and Brandon Cruz are providing, then think about contributing. Think about supporting us. I mean, it's not like I'm taking the money and then going out and blowing it on crack and whiskey, although that sounds fun. Got to be more responsible. It's going to daycare costs. It's paying for bananas. It's paying for diapers. Like you still, it's not potty trained yet. It's not potty trained yet. I'm sorry. I know. I know. But until then, 
which I mean, you guys might be paying that until he's 21. I don't know. The way that it's going, we're going to be doing this diaper fund for quite a while. So I am still here. I would like to, you know, if he would have, if he's potty trained by now, maybe I wouldn't have come back. Maybe I wouldn't have come back. But guess what? He's not, and the end is not in sight. It should be soon. Making some progress, but one step forward, one step back. You don't care about that. You do care about that. You don't care about that. I wish you care about that because if you did, you would go to patreon.com slash DFS and you would sign up and support. Raceforthepriz.com is my website. That's where the hub is. I put these videos up here where I review the old Kyle Busch video that I made in 2019, another value video that I made in 2019 that might be helpful DFS strategy-wise. So that's raceforthepriz.com. It's my hub. The link is everywhere. My DK Nation articles. I'll take you to DraftKings Nation where I write the uh, content that you want. Link to my YouTube page, podcast, everything is there. And then, as always, theconstrainedvision.com. That's my blog. That's my baby. That's my fun stuff that I enjoy. It's mainly for me, but maybe a couple of you out there. You're like, I don't know. I clicked on it once and it was weird. Give it another try. Maybe just click on something different. Check out something else. Maybe you'll be entertained. Maybe you won't. It's the internet. You've got to explore. Now, don't do it now. we got a busy Las Vegas triple header. So save that for later. I'll save that for later. I mean, I've been delaying a lot of the stuff. I've been, my book is, my novel is just, it's taking, it's being delayed, unfortunately, because I got so much NASCAR stuff that I'm working on. But I enjoy working on the NASCAR stuff, so I'm not that disappointed. I would love to go back to the constrained vision and start building some more stuff, resources and lessons, work on my books. But I can't right now because we are going heavy and you don't even have, you don't know half of it. You will see. You will see all of the uh, goings-ons behind the scenes. You think, oh yeah, triple header, it's busy. You don't know. You just don't. You're going to know. You're going to find out how insanely busy I have been. And you're probably busy too. And we all should be busy going over the data and making the picks. I love the value. Um, three, three hogs, three punts. There it is. Three hogs, three punts, three hogs, three punts, three hogs, three punts. No problems. No worries. YOLO. Let's do it. Let's win some money in DFS. Oh, gosh. Awesome. Thank you. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be the most viewed fantasy NASCAR analyst. And I, Pierce Dietrich, will be a top-selling Amazon author. I will be a top-selling Amazon author. I will be. I, Pierce Dietrich, will be a top-selling Amazon author. Let's trip the lights fantastic.